Welcome to Voices of Impact, a show where dreams and passion meet action and change makers unite. Brought to you by KBL Impact Partners, your catalyst for social change. At KBL Impact Partners, our team has over 75 years of combined nonprofit and corporate expertise dedicated to inspire you and bring you voices leading the social movement. Whether you're a social entrepreneur, a veteran in the nonprofit or corporate sector, or someone with a heart full of dreams to make a difference, this show is your weekly dose of inspiration. We're here to share the stories of visionaries, explore the realms of strategic funding solutions, powerful partnerships, effective board development, and so much more. Imagine a place where each conversation sparks innovation, where every story shared opens the door to new possibilities. KBL Impact Partners is not just about advice, it's about forging enduring partnerships that empower your mission. So get ready for an hour of insightful conversations, transformative ideas, and inspiring stories to ignite your impact to elevate your mission to new heights. This is Voices of Impact, where your mission fuels our dedication to social impact. Together, let's be the voice of change. Welcome to Voices of Impact, a show where dreams and passion meet action and change makers unite. We are your co-hosts, Kathy and Brad Lambert of KBL Impact Partners. You can find us locally in your city on My Genre Radio FM, Monday through Fridays at 2 p.m. Central Time. Also, we are televised on Valuable Television Network at 4 p.m. Central Time and Urban Core Television at 3 p.m. Central Time and soon to be on all major podcasting platforms. You can find all 100 plus stations on OTTU Media under radio and television tabs. So thank you, Brad. We are so excited to be with all of you today. And our guest is Demetrius Bledsoe, who is an entrepreneur, he's a business leader, a founder of a nonprofit organization, a scientist, a veteran, a musician, and a dad, and also a very dear friend. Demetrius has earned his Bachelor of Science in Agriculture Economics from Iowa State University. He also holds a Master's in Quality Management and an MBA both from Webster University. Demetrius has worked with Fortune 500 companies like Dow Chemical, Pfizer, DuPont, Novo Nordisk, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Did I say that correctly? Yes. (laughs) On various sales and marketing projects. He's also a seasoned veteran in the music and marketing industry with over 20 plus years of experience ranging from managing artists and producers to business marketing development for various Grammy, get this, Grammy winning production teams. He's also served our country for 13 years. So thank you for your service in the Naval Reserves. Thank you. And most recently, he co-founded and serves as CEO of a business named Fresh Harvest 365, whose mission is to educate, employ, and empower the next generation of agricultural and community leaders. His focus is to serve and assist the socially disadvantaged veteran farmers and beginning farmers of all ages in owning and operating successful 
growing operations. So, Demetrius, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So excited. We are so happy to have you here today. You've done an awful lot in just 50 years, so. (laughs) I don't think you sleep. Do you sleep? No. (laughs) I sleep with my eyes closed. (laughs) Um, So what what are some pivotal moments in growing up that that uh, moved you towards agriculture, economics, and marketing? I would say um, being born and raised from St. Louis, uh, truly not a rural or agricultural city. <laughs> right. Even though, believe it or not, we are one of the largest ag tech cities. I did not in the know country. that. Really. Yeah. Especially with the. Um, likings of the Monsanto being from here, as well as now Bayer Crop Sciences, uh, yeah, uh, Danforth, and all that. So a lot of ag innovation comes out of St. Louis that we don't even realize Sure, as pioneering that. So, but coming from St. Louis, not being from a, a um, rural area, um, like you mentioned, I went up to Iowa State University, and uh, one of the questions that my advisor, when we were looking at careers and the colleges and all that of uh, what I wanted to go into was he asked me, you know, what do you want to major? And I was like, well, agriculture, I guess, because people always have to eat. That was my logic. And uh, he was like, that's pretty deep to be thinking like that. And I was like, and, and Iowa State's known to be the Harvard of agriculture. So right. why not go into agriculture? He's like, that's, that's nice. But what do you know about agriculture? And I was like, well, corn grows in the can, right? <laughs> and he looked at me and was like, oh, are you serious? I was like, no. But that is one of the things that I, I will say that really propelled me into my career in agriculture is that instinct of saying that as long as people had a desire Everybody to, needs eat, to eat, there's going to be a demand yeah. for food. And who's going to be responsible for either growing that food, marketing that food, or even making that food available right uh, with that being said said that's kind of where my mission started off with my uh, journey in agriculture but i found out later on in life that my mission actually was started before i was even yes put my feet on the ground because the goddess of agriculture is demeter uh-huh. my name is demetrius Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I don't think my mother knew that this was what was going to be my mission or journey, but this is uh, kind of where we're at. Look at what's happening. Wow. Well, you know, when you bring that up, and what I thought you were going to talk about is what you shared before we talked about your family, and um, and especially with your, your grandmother, and, mm-hmm. and talk with us a little bit about your family. Well. Depends on which side of the family, too. Uh, <laughs> I got a huge family. Uh, on my mom's side, family of 13, 14 kids. Um, and then on my dad's side, similar situation. Some survived, some didn't, but 13, 14 kids. So, well, and I think it was probably on your dad's side so, of that vision, the visionary. Was it your grandmother? Uh, my grandmother, um, Grandma Jackson. Uh, she really installed a lot of upbringing but words of wisdom and we were very close up and even up until our last breath to the point where she always used to ask me uh, or are you going to Iowa you know and I'm like yeah I'm going back to Iowa and, but but her whole thing was just really 
break the barrier. Um, be the first one. I was the first one in the family to get a four-year uh, degree. Wow. Um, so that allowed me to set the stepping stone, even with my brothers and sisters, for them to right. go after that. But not even that, our, my cousins. Yeah. And, and this allowed us to really impact our own legacy, but to set the foundation of that legacy. And, and the Jackson family in particular has been very founded in the community when it comes to the um, community outreach uh, aspects of that. My mother, she was a very strong part of the Salvation Army community impact, my sister as well. So there's a lot of that where um, the fifth followers of the world, that's my cousin, he's, they've all been in, ingrained into the community. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where my vision of where we're even going today. Um, just being able to service. Uh, where we're going. I know a lot of missions are all about <clears throat> revenue, profitability and all of that, but my, my core mission, and I'm happy right now, is to be able to answer the mission, which is to educate, employ, and the most important thing about all that is empowerment. I think if people are educated, that's something that people can never take away from you. Right. And if you're employable, uh, that's a skill set that allows you to feel Pride, feel sure. happy at home sure. to be able to provide for your family, to be able to provide for your community, which is an empowerment. So, right, right. So, as as Kathy mentioned in your bio, you've got experience working with large companies. Um, what key lessons did you take from those experiences with relationship to sales, marketing, strategic planning that you've been able to apply in what you're doing now? I would say the most important thing is truly don't let your resume talk for you. Put in the work. If you put in the work, your experience that you're gaining with a lot of these corporations also build a network. Ah. If they build a network and you are leading a good brand, not only for that company, but for yourself, sure, that allows people to no matter what stages of your career you've been in, you're able to go back to those individuals and say, hey, I learned a lot from you along my path, but now I got a new journey. Are you willing to coach me or educate me more or even connect me in with some of the people that you might be connected in before? Right. So that that that's another thing that I learned on that journey. But the biggest thing is uh, business development. Mm. I did business development for most of those companies and that that determination of not giving up because something might not have worked today. Right. But at least you have that in your pipeline to say it might not work today, but let's not deaden it. Let's continue on with the other projects <clears> of <throat> business development. Because guess what? What we worked on several years ago because we've been visionaries. Right. Might be relevant now. Right. That that is really is where we should pivot at. So just understanding that it's not a loss, it's a learning. Right. That's what the L's stand for along that way. And just the the belief of just continue to work hard, work hard, but also along that journey. And now that you mentioned that I have uh, Miss Z that I'm responsible for, I've learned that there has to be a work life balance. Right as well, uh, especially I didn't have kids majority of my career. So I was able to 
do a little bit, but now I realize that it, it's okay to take a TV time out to spend time with the family. Right. That's very important. Yeah, very important. really important. Yeah. If you're just now joining us, you're listening to Voices of Impact show brought to you by KBL Impact Partners. And our guest today is Demetrius Bledsoe, founder and CEO of Fresh Harvest 365. So what advice would you give someone who's at the startup phase of their business? So you started Fresh Harvest 365, you started, you know, you had a music business. What advice would you give someone that's out there and you're starting a nonprofit? Yes. So you're like a serial entrepreneur, right? Well, you know what? Would you say that? Um, I've been blessed to have God allow me to be creative in life. Um, even going back to my um, one of my masters, that's in Six Sigma, uh, lean efficiency. So I always like to look at things and try to figure out how to make them better. Right. Um, so, but but a lot of that is. Also, and to answer your question, what, what words of advice I would give to a, a serial entrepreneur, a new coming startup business or entrepreneur, is never give up on your dream. Um, and and I, I even over the past years, I had to start reminding myself when I'm talking to individuals that I might be leaning on for help or to come on the team, I need to remind them, don't tell me what's wrong with my dream. Yes. Explain to me how to make my dream a reality. Wow. And, and I really had to come through that in 2023 to realize that don't let anybody continue to beat you up because it's your dream. Yeah. They might not understand your dream, but ask them from what they do understand how they can help it turn into reality. Yeah. And I'm always amazed at how much people do want to help when you reach out and ask and share with them what you're doing and how they can be of assistance uh so you're always asking questions you're always learning you're always seeking information and i think that's one of the key indicators of of success in any type of venture and and to piggyback off of that i tell people i might not be the smartest person in the room and nine times out of ten i actually do that on purpose because I wake up every day and ask, what did I learn yesterday? Right. Oh, good. So, so I contribute all my success to the fact that I, I'm a great facilitator. I am. That's one thing that I, I will say that that's my strength. I, I believe team stands for together. Everyone achieves more. Oh, I like that. So, Can you say that again? So team, yeah. Stands for together. Everyone achieves more. Love that. That's nice. Together, so, everyone achieves more. Love that. So with that being said, I look at it as what is my strength, what's my weakness? And if we have a project or situation, where can I bring in the experts? Get them to buy into what I'm talking about, and then we can come together to assist. So so what is the, the problem? Right. Once we identify the problem, no matter if it's a new business or project, and then we bring in the experts right. for mm -hmm. that particular problem. Yeah. And right. that's what Not makes our team. Correct. <laughs> because you might be adding too many people to a team that really doesn't relate to them. Right. And now you're you're setting individuals up for failure and and you 
potentially could be going down paths that you're asking people for their input and advice right. and they truly don't know. Right. And it's okay. And a lot of people don't want to confess that they don't know. Right. I'm a person that will tell you, I don't know, but I will get you the answer for that. So, Demetrius, we talked a lot about Fresh Harvest 365. However, I don't think we've really shared exactly what all Fresh Harvest 365 is. Can you please explain like what your business is, what it does, and then also then how you started at your nonprofit and yes. why you started that? So kind of a twofold yeah. there. So Fresh Harvest 365 is actually, I like to call it a smart farming system platform that we're able to educate and employ and empower the individuals in the category and the segment of agriculture as a whole. So with our smart farming system, we've actually been able to uh, utilize vacant space, I like to call it vacancy to value, or areas that's no larger than 320 square feet of uh, land space that we can utilize and literally simulate and actually grow based off of yields of three to five acres worth of produce, leafy greens, herbs, and all that, only using five gallons of water a day, 180 kilowatts of electricity for now, up until we truly make the smart farming system self-sustainable. Which I think is amazing. And Brad and I had the opportunity to actually come and visit. Yes. And actually, you, you've done this in St. Louis here. <laughs> And cargo containers. Correct. Right? Yes. And I mean, it was so cool going and seeing how you had the planting inside. It was a process. Yeah. And then you had your, your technology. It's all ran by technology, right? Yes. So that's what I, I love about our smart farming systems. We're, we've been able to, and it's been demonstrated, We've been able to have, and uh, my daughter's uh, a testimony, as young as three years old, to at least plant, put the seed in there, so to truly experience the farming all the way up to ages. But the majority of the individuals that we just start training were high school students through the University uh, City High School program. No ag background. We put them through a leadership program last summer. Uh, uh, eight weeks was a program, and they went from being an individual that felt corn grew in a can like I did, <laughs> to being able to lead tours of our smart farming systems to the second graders in the school district. Uh, you were starting way in elementary school. Yes. <laughs> and helping them see the importance education. of education and with basically with healthy eating. Correct. And teaching them how to do this and to helping to get into agriculture. Correct. So really providing and helping with that pathway. The whole ecosystem. And yeah, the whole ecosystem into that, which is I think amazing. And not only that, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm I was amazed the first time you told us that one of these hydroponic containers, forty, what is it, eight by forty? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can grow container. as much in that container in one year as you can in three to five acres of land. Yes. Uh, that's that's an incredible. Which it's crazy. And when you shared with me, too, that the average age of a farmer across our country is 65? Uh, 60 to 70 years old. So 65. 60 to 70 years old. 
So where's that next generation? And that's really the problem. Like we said, so my approach is, what's the problem? How do we develop the solution? And within Fresh Harvest 365, of asking that question, it pivoted our focus from produce sales, smart farming sales, to truly ag literacy, ag education, and the apprenticeship aspects. So thus, that's why we shifted our focus to the foundation. So starting a non, basically having a nonprofit. Yes. So you have your for profit. Yes, correct. Sorry. And then now you have your nonprofit, basically almost like as a subsidiary. Correct. Of your for profit. Of fulfilling that true mission of the ag education, the agripreneurial. So that's the agricultural encouragement. Agripreneurial. Try to say that three times. <laughs> so that is the entrepreneurship of education and training in the ag industry. Um, but focusing on that aspects and then having our Department of Labor uh, approved apprenticeship program that's focused on hydroponic farming, farmer technician, which allows us to give the skill sets that might empower the individuals to go into working for a Bayer or a, a, a Danforth or a, a other components that's in agriculture that are non-field related job careers that a lot of people when they think about agriculture they think they're in the field doing corn soybean cotton or stuff like that and that's what i initially thought when i went into it but i actually had a very successful career on the executive side yeah. of this business right. as well as well as the lab side of this business so you're really attacking this this yeah. problem i'll call it from a number of different ways you're also you're looking at how to create new farmers, um, how to provide a skills training program to get into the industry, as well as how to address food deserts and nutrients, urban farming uh, issues that uh, are in every major city in the country. In the world. And in you're, the world. And you're uh, right. knocking them all at the same time. And uh, that is where, uh, once again, I, I just encourage the fact that God has been great. Um, so it's not even me addressing this. It's really the mission. And like I said, even going back to the name that I feel like I've been on and, and been given from God to really, once again, educate, employ, and empower the next generation. Love it. Love it. Okay. We are going to take a commercial break. And before we do, Demetrius, would you please Give us your contact information so our viewers know how to find you. Uh, email, website, whatever is a good way to reach you. Yeah, you can uh, find us on the website at www.freshharvest365.com. Okay. And then for a contact uh, number, you can call us at 844-243-7374. Okay. It, Just can you tell us one more time? Okay. So from a website point of view, it's uh, www.freshharvest365.com. And, of course, on Facebook, Fresh Harvest 365. And then from a contact number, phone number is 844-243-7374. And always remember, every day is a great day to eat fresh. <laughs> Love that. When Thank when you. Uh, when we come back from our break, 
Uh, we want to go a little deeper into Fresh Harvest 365, your training program. And we also want to talk about you're not just doing some things locally or regionally or nationally. You're also looking at some international opportunities. So yes. uh, we, we want to take a few minutes to explore that with you as well. OK. And uh, we are with Demetrius Bledsoe. And we will now uh, take a pause for some commercials. Are you a nonprofit leader awake at night worrying about your organization's future? You're not alone. Did you know a staggering 30% of nonprofits don't survive past 10 years? Often, it's a simple reality. No money, no mission. There is hope. At KBL Impact Partners, we understand the value of every dollar and every donor. Did you know 58% of donors are willing to give more if they know the impact of their donation? That's why we've created Frame Up for Funding, our exclusive 12-week program designed to empower nonprofit leaders like you. Learn how you can effectively communicate with donors and funders, demonstrating the lasting impact of their investments. Ready for a game-changing 2024? Visit KBLImpactPartners.com today and schedule your complimentary consultation. Together, let's make your mission possible. To part two of our show, if you're just now joining us, we are Voices of Impact. You can find us locally in your city across the U.S. on My Genre Radio FM, Monday through Fridays at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are also televised through Valuable Television Network at 4 p.m. Central Time and Urban Core Television at 3 p.m. Central Time, and soon to be on all major podcasting platforms. You can find all 100-plus stations on OTTU Media under Radio and Television tabs. So let's get back to our conversation with Demetrius Bledsoe, founder and CEO of Fresh Harvest 365. Uh, Demetrius, we... We're starting to get into Fresh Harvest 365 a little bit. The organization itself, I know you have a for-profit as well as a not-for-profit. Um, I want to talk just a little bit more about the what I call the, the grow system, which is this state-of-the-art modular vertical hydroponic container that from the outside looks like a standard storage container. Um, tell us about the technology that that is actually on the inside. How do you get the seeds into the grow walls that then grow and then you bring out your fresh vegetables? Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the technology? Yeah, so we literally go from seed to harvest in our smart farming system. And a lot of it is truly automated during the grow process, but the transfer from a the nursery to the cultivation and harvesting and all of that is a step process that takes the manual aspect. So, but we can take it from seed to harvest in six to eight weeks, depending on what we're growing, uh, whether it be leafy greens or herbs. And I think we're on record to have, to be able to grow around 200 different varieties. And we can harvest, not at all one time, but we can ha harvest from the different phases of our growth system, we can harvest roughly around 4,000 heads of lettuce 
4,000? In six to eight weeks. Yeah. Wow. And and that'll be over 12 weeks. Over 12 weeks. But as a rotation, our total In output. this one container. Yep. So, and that's awesome. And that's why I got into this, because there's a lot of opportunities that we can put this into various communities. Sure. But not only that, we can, I want to be able to demonstrate to the communities that they can get fresh produce in their community and not have it shipped in from California. I have to have it sprayed to make sure that it can arrive into the Midwest in a, a timely manner and, and or that we can actually provide this 365 days a year. That's the name Fresh Harvest 365. Sure. We, because if you look at what happened in California and it's continuing to happen, they've been flooded, right. a lot of rain, they go through droughts. So what's the cause and effect of that? Our pricing goes up in the Midwest if right. we can even get that. And produce. So, our whole approach is how do you hyper localize produce where you can truly get it within your community within a thirty mile radius. Right. So that that's been our focus, which led into the aspects of the education, along with the fact that we're able to grow the produce. We're actually able to educate the community. So we're able to use those smart farming systems as a classroom as an education piece to I used to always say you can't really get mad at the next generation if you're not willing to educate them and train them and guide that's them. That's true. Right. So that's so true. that's my responsibility I feel like <clears throat> to give back into the St. Louis community, to the communities that that I came from a similar background, but how do we engage them to get into agriculture? Right. And I feel like with our training a lot of our training is done, 90% of it online, and in an engaging manner of similar to what they're doing with the gaming systems and that platform and all that. But a lot of our curriculum is made where it can be self-paced, um, but it's engaging where it's not too extreme where you're getting too much in. Yeah. It, it's, so it's short enough that you're giving a foundation. So when you branch off with our partners that we've aligned with now, uh, where you're able to get into a job career pathway with the companies like Bayer. We're starting that program off this summer um, at taking kids out of St. Louis and involving them into a rural site uh, area that they can work in and get a little foundation and start a career into agriculture for the first year. And if they want to come back, they can venture off into other segments. That's the kind of exposure that I want to be able to give. And that's what Fresh Harvest 365 yeah. is offering, as well as the uh, from the LLC side, so the for-profit as well as the nonprofit. We're offering that experience, and then so. So part of your business model then is that you can design and and install and show anyone how to operate one of these hydroponic containers in their community, and enjoy the benefits of fresh produce as much as they want, five gallons of water a day, which is incredible, um, and to uh, grow a whole variety of vegetables. And that, but also given the skill set <clears throat> back to individuals to tell them, because one of the projects that we have within Fresh Harvest is called uh, Seed One, Feed One. 
Um, and that's with the schools, right? Yes, and we're working out with the school as well as community. Yeah. So we've taken the mini hydroponic kits. Um, and it reminded me when I was in high school, a long time ago, when they were giving out the babies and passing it out. Oh, that's right. We had to take the care of the baby. Yes. Or you had to take care <laughs> of the baby, and they, they try to encourage you on the parenting. Right. My approach was taking one of these mini hydroponic uh, eight to ten count pots, giving those to the students that came into the program, and we did that. It was success where they had to be responsible for seeding, growing, and the ultimate task was whatever they seeded and grow, they had to demonstrate how to prepare a meal for it. So they were able to prepare the pesto and uh, the smoothies and other uh, dinner options. So with that being said. I look at not everyone is going to be able to have one of these smart farming systems in their community or in their homes, but everyone can put one of these mini hydroponic kits into their kitchen. And how big are they? Uh, I would say probably uh, got the dimensions off the top of my head. <laughs> I mean, they're about the size of a laptop, aren't they? Yeah, about the yeah. size of a laptop. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you can actually then I don't grow. Know <laughs> We want to pause, or you're good. You're good. Okay, so the size of it is about the size of a laptop. Um, some of our Chromebooks and all of that is so it's not extremely big. Yeah. And it's usable. It gives you the proper lighting, the proper water, as long as you continue to put water in there. You can make the seed selection, but it's it's a hands-on learning experience. So you can also utilize the skill sets that you're learning in the uh, smart farming systems and utilize it in this mini hydroponic kit that you can continue to use over and over again. So can anybody buy these from you, purchase them from you? Yes. Anybody can purchase them from uh, directly through the FH uh, 365 uh, nonprofit. So they can go to the website? Do you have it? Okay. Yeah, we'll be able to direct everyone to the website to uh, position that. Okay. But we'll have the link associated with the uh, WWF, uh, Fresh Order 365 website too and there's eight pods in eight to ten pods okay so it depends on the model and all that but yes it's a mini container that's right mini okay. container that you can have in your own <clears throat> on the kitchen bedroom, table kitchen table wherever you want to grow and believe it or not i actually seen um one of the things i want to don't want to spoil it but it was in a recent movie um, on TV that actually had it at the uh, end of the movie. Had oh, you're these, kidding. As a survival. Oh, my goodness. So I won't say the name of the movie, but... But it, it's coming soon. It's actually out recently. Okay. But uh, they're using uh, utilizing this technology to say this is what's going to sustain you if the end of the world happens, doomsday. You need these mini hydroponic kits. Really? Or, or some type of growing system. Yeah. And how many of these, uh, the larger 8 by 40 containers, do you have right now? So right now we have four on the ground in St. Louis. And we're getting ready to finalize the expansion in L.A. Okay. So we're looking at that. And then as we've been approaching different communities and different opportunities, the, the communities are embracing it. They're embracing the fact not only for our smart farming system, but the ag literacy and the apprenticeship aspects that we can bring to this one thing because that's another thing that people bring up there's a lot of smart farming systems out there what makes you all different well 
yeah, a lot of people know how to cook spaghetti. A lot of people's sauces, right. sauce, but not everybody's sauce tastes the same. And one, wow. co- one component that we bring to the table is that education piece. Right. Is the employment piece. Right. Is the opportunity. And we roll that all up together to give you the best experience that we can give you. And we want to talk about that in just a minute. I think, Brad, you're going to. Yeah, if you are just now joining us, uh, you are listening to Voices of Impact show brought to you by KBL Impact Partners. Our guest today is Demetrius Bledsoe. CEO of Fresh Harvest 365. So let's talk about the training that you have. So you now have a comprehensive training program. And as you mentioned earlier, certified by the Department, Approved by the Department, Department of Labor. Mm-hmm. And it's an apprenticeship. So talk a little bit more about this training and the types of you know, certification and skills that they learn. And what types of careers can, can be done with this? And, just to share a little bit more about this and your partners. Yeah, so with our apprenticeship program that we have established, um, it's the hydroponic farmer technician apprenticeship. And then as part of this program, we've implemented a new project that we've kind of called the pre-apprenticeship program. It's going to be called FARM. So it's F. A-R-M, which stands for Fostering Agricultural Resilience Through Mentorship. So So can you share that? Say that again. So it's called FARM, which is F-A-R-M, which stands for Fostering Agricultural Resilience Through Mentorship. Okay. And and that's the pre-apprenticeship piece. That's the pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeship. Component. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's the whole journey aspect is what we call this program. So where, when, so for example, the pre-apprenticeship. So where do the individuals come from that participate with this program? The so, pre-apprenticeship. So in the farm program right now, we're doing the pilot. So we're just starting it off, which has been a blessing. We, uh, we like to joke we've been flying it at Flying the plane and building it at the same time. Yeah. Well, that's how we operate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a good blessing because we're actually making the right, once again, asking the right questions, trying to identify the problems and coming up with the right solution to right. make this work. Um, with that being said, we partnered in with Bayer Crop Sciences, starting it off, and then also with the um, Various organizations in St. Louis, like the SLIP, the Jack and Joanna Kersey, the University City High School, uh, FWCA's, uh, Urban Leagues, and all that. We partnered in with them. So, other non, what I'm hearing is other nonprofit organizations. Correct. And then SLIP is is that the St. Louis Public Schools? That's the St. Louis Intern Program. Oh, the St. Louis Intern Program. Okay. That's that's actually. umbrella underneath the Boys and Girls Club, okay. as well as they, they're partnered in with the St. Louis Public School District. So can other nonprofits refer <laughs> individuals to this program? Yes, yes. Okay, so you are accepting referrals Correct. to, to other program. agencies. That's yep. great. Uh, and, and the beauty about this is, um, as I told you, we're, we're, we're building this out faster than I expected. Um, we just went to the extern, uh, BioSTL. We were invited to their uh, externship event that they had last Friday. 
and predominantly it was more STEM focused students, but going into the healthcare and more right. scientific, not the biotech or bioag industry. So I was a little bit nervous about, okay, how many individuals will we have even interested in stopping in to learn about a career exploratory? And believe it or not, we we eventually had 10 individuals that stopped in and we wind up hiring three. Oh my wow. gosh. Uh, to, or I should say, enrolled three into the, the oh, program. Into the program. Oh, that's great. That was unexpected. And those individuals will actually get a direct enroll into the Bear Greenhouse uh-huh. situations in Chesterfield sure. that just opened up. Sure. Wow. And they we opened it up last week, but then out of nowhere they were asking, now where are you going to help, where are you going to recruit and get these students from? And that's when the bio-STL situation came up. So it's, everything has just been clicking. So yeah. we're giving opportunities yeah. for this to all roll up. Um, and how old do they have to be? Is there an age limit to what how old they have to be to yes. participate? We're looking at 18 through okay. 24. Okay. Is the target. But a minimum of 18 years old. Okay. Um, to enroll into the program. And then, and so they have to be 18 at the start of the first day on the job at the, the bear site. Okay. Okay. So then this directly leads, <clears throat> sounds like it leads to an internship. Correct. At bear and then possibly employment. Correct. Wow. And actually, it's employment, but it's part of an internship, so it's paid. Oh, so they're paid yes. as they're... That's as part of their apprenticeship huge. journey. Super. Right. That's amazing, Demetrius. So are you also working then as part of that? Who pays for the training? We actually, right now, um, currently the training has been funded by uh, other organizations as well as uh, the Madison. Uh, sorry, Gateway Apprenticeship Hub, which is part of the Madison County and what they're doing in the St. Louis metro area. Oh, okay. And then Madison County is over in Illinois, is that correct? correct. But they, cover but they the also Louis. service cover the entire Louis. region. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Is, which is amazing, which is great. Which falls into the Jerseyville location over yeah. there for that. Yeah. For the uh, individual students to be able to participate in that program, as well as it allows the opportunity for the uh, greenhouses to be a part of that program. That's amazing. So as I think about a traditional farmer, they're a part-time electrician, a plumber, a welder, a mechanic, a carpenter. Um, Everything. They're pretty, they've got a lot of broad skills. Does your training go into each of those areas? Uh, And I'm glad you asked that question because of my city slicker (laughs) <laughs> background that I that I came to the table with, I didn't know what a farmer truly had to go through the pain points until I worked at a research station up in Rochelle, Illinois for DuPont. And literally it was farming one-on-one. I had to learn how to get up early in the morning to realize that farms, yeah. farming operation is almost like a 24-7, depending on if you're doing crops, animals, and all that. It can be ongoing so we learn how to do the the early operations the insecticides uh, herbicides and all that but what it truly took to be a farmer even the cultivation the harvesting the combine and learn how to drive a tractor learn how to uh, prepare the planters and and all that so you just mentioned that what i learned was 
you got to be a jack of all trades, especially irrigation, plumbing, uh, the uh, environment. So if mm-hmm. you're doing greenhouses, uh, HVACs, all of that mm-hmm. uh, construction, general construction and, and right. the mechanical. So I learned that those are the skill sets that you need to be a farmer. So we implement that into our vocational skill learning. So they're able to get a lot of that simulation done in a VR setting. Oh, wow. Through our training program. So that separates us again. We're not only giving you training, but we're giving you some top cutting edge training. So is that part of your apprenticeship or is that part of your pre-apprenticeship? That's part of the pre-apprenticeship, but it all rolls into the apprenticeship because you're getting that foundational training. Mm. Wow. That if you want to venture off into that core of the vocational segment, you can go down that journey and get the experience as well as part of the apprenticeship for some of that. Oh, that's great. Work environment. Yeah, that's amazing. This is unbelievable. I know it is. So part, I have another question for you that, so you have your, your business, your for-profit. Yes. Why did you start your nonprofit? Servicing. It was truly about how can I service and and I know we joke about this, we talk about this. Uh, there still needs to be a a revenue aspects of the non for profit side of the business, right? Because you want profit as yeah. a non profit, you want profit. It's just social profit, right? And, and that's what I had to think about. Right. Was how do I convert this into the social profit, but more emphasis on the education, the employment, and the empowerment that I can give back to the community by servicing them. So that that's where my whole mission, and it was something that I wanted to give back because of the way my family has given back to the community. I wanted to still follow that same path. So that's why I created this aspect. And so your nonprofit is is called it's FH365. Is that correct? Yes, correct. So it's basically then that arm. So there's a lot of companies in it, like Tom Shoes, you know, for they, and they have their nonprofit for every you know, pair of shoes they donate a pair mm-hmm. of shoes. So with your for-profit and then having your nonprofit, it sounds like then like the pre-apprenticeship, because it sounds like you're working with other nonprofit organizations, mm-hmm. can refer people to your program, yes. correct? And, and then the other aspect because we are a global company i felt like the non-for-profit side can still align with our mission of getting this message worldwide so we we've started the aspects of uh, fresh harvest rwanda so we've gotten that registered as part of our mission for our global uh, expansion and so we're working with um institutions like the uh, rica which is um a foundation and a project that was funded by uh, Howard Buffett. So he's given the support. I've also brought the Iowa State University to the table for us to figure out how from a institution, but also scientific and research and all that, that we can really truly make an impact into sustainable agriculture in, in Africa. And this same- is incredible, Demetrius. So is, is Rwanda basically taking your same business model and just taking it to another part of the world or how is it going to be the same and how might it be different same business model but sharpened to be even more socially impactful 
okay. into the community. So not even because I would I would guess that the the food shortage and you know the food deserts and some of the other challenges that that we don't necessarily have here they have over there. So there's e probably even a greater demand. A greater demand, but also just the same thing we did. We have fresh harvest Philippines as well. So we look at <clears throat> our technology might be great here from a smart farming system, but how do you apply something that can work internationally where oh, they don't yeah. have the internet everywhere that we want to deploy this, where they don't have electricity? So, so as some of our redevelopment of how do we scale this up on a business model, but utilizing this worldwide is we utilize Starlink for the internet connection. We've utilized solar installation for the actual components that, that power these smart farming systems that we can deploy these worldwide. We're also looking at a, a, a self-sustainable solution that includes air to water concepts for areas that are water deprived. And so that's where I think in globally, uh, we got some advanced technology that's great to make work here, but we're sharpening our tools to make it still feasible to have these smart farming solutions worldwide. Amazing, he's brilliant. <laughs> and so you have, so you basically, you developed all this technology. It, yes, over time and in partnership with my team yeah. that I've had together. And and we actually have a real case study that I can show real quick with the uh, Purdue and Bayer Foundation that's actually focused on three entities worldwide, one in Africa, one in Brazil, and then we were the first company that was selected in the U.S. Wow. And so they, they're doing a case study on us, on our company as a whole, but how we can scale up our technology to allow it to be uh, develop a self-sufficient smart farming system that can be deployed worldwide. So we're working with uh, five engineer students that are actually working on their MBA. And this is even more sparking interest because now they're they're utilizing their engineering skills into a, a platform they have no background on, which is agriculture. Right. And, and how do they make this deployable? And three of them had jobs recently with Tesla. So, so I, I got some smart people that's so on the team working, technology. working yeah. on all this, and and those three are actually from India, so they also know about making something that's as simple that can be utilized in areas that that have the food deserts and nutrient insecurity. So, but does your brain ever stop working? Well, that's what I joked about. I sleep when my eyes are closed, and then the reality of it is, my eyes is never really closed. Because your brain is always going. Yes. So I pray to God that He slows my mind down so I can get rest at times. Well, uh, what a blessing you are. How, how does a traditional farmer react or respond to all these new technologies that are out there today, the smart farming and the hydroponic and all that stuff? Do they look at that and go, what in the world is happening here? Or do they embrace it as, yeah, this is where we need to go? Or A uh, good example, I had uh, Lieutenant Governor Kehoe uh -huh. oh, yeah. come down and <clears throat> excited um, to see it. He was invited out with uh, some good friends of ours. And he was like, Demetrius, I'm from an agricultural background. I'm from a great experience. But in the same respect, I've never seen technology and I've never tasted produce that tastes this great. 
Wow. He's like, he's like, so this is great, but but I'm still a traditional farmer. So, but he's like, but this allows farming to go into urban farming settings. It's just augmenting what's already there. Right. And going into food deserts, there right? You go. Being able to help solve the food yes. desert programs. And I mean, I can even and train. See, yes, and training. I mean, I can see it with working within the prison systems. Yes. And, you know, also with schools and yes. Um, being able to really look at the future, which is what you've been doing. So we're getting a little short here on time. And so I just have another closing question for you. What would you say to our audience that to inspire them maybe to like new heights or making a difference in their communities? What would you say to them? I would say not everybody's going to go the journey of the next person. So whatever you truly set your mind to do, and if it's truly other part of the community, just remind yourself of who you're servicing and how you're servicing them, because the money will come uh, after you get done servicing and, and truly addressing people's problems. Right. So it's kind of the old saying, you begin with the end. Yes. And the end is you want to provide a solution to people's problems of lack of food, lack of quality fresh food yes um you know reduce the number of food deserts provide an employable skill and uh continue this this agriculture ecosystem that is critical because as you said at the beginning everybody likes to eat so we're we're not going to uh we're not going to run out there um What's your big hairy goal? Where would you like to be in five years, in 10 years? I would love to be, because this is a new journey for me. I know you all are excited about your kids, but especially the the grandkids. Right. Uh, Five years from now, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to say that I've given my children the best experience that they can put on their tool belt of life to say that they're okay because they've lived a great life. That's beautiful. And it's just passing on those learning lessons yeah. and let them make the decision of where they want to be. So being the best dad that I can be. Yeah. Uh, business-wise, it's God's timing, God's path, but I also know that I built a foundation to pass on a legacy and not dead. Well, you're building something that's going to go way past you. Yeah. Right. Uh, yes. Even though I consider you a young guy, uh, it's going to go way past you. Yes. So, and it's something that, once again, I tell people I was never a salesperson. I was someone that pa- uh, transferred my passion to the next person. Right. I feel like what we're doing is going to be transferred to the next legacy and community. Okay, Demetrius, one more time before we go, your contact information again. Yep. So www.freshharvest365.com. And to contact us via the phone. If it's not Facebook, uh, you can find us at Fresh Harvest 365 LLC on Facebook, but 844-243-7374. And once again, every day is a great day to eat fresh. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Demetrius, for joining us today. Thank you all for having me. And thank you all for tuning in to Voices of Impact, where your mission ignites our commitment to making a difference. Remember, one small step can create big change in our community. You've seen that today with Demetrius. Keep inspiring and join us next time to further empower the voices 
that reshape our world. Together, let's be the change. Let's be the voice of change. And until next time, keep shining your light. Thank you. Hey, buddy. We did that. Yes, we, we did. did. We didn't have to do any takes. Great job. Great job. That flowed, flowed. That it was good. good. What, what joining us on today's enlightening episode of Voices of Impact. Remember, each one of you has the power to make a difference in this world. With the KBL Impact Partners team of over 75 years of experience in the nonprofit and corporate sectors, we are with you on this journey. We stand ready as more than advisors. We are partners and mentors committed to your vision for a better tomorrow. It's about creating solutions that resonate with your unique mission with a dedication to personalized attention that brings out the very best in your organization. If you're ready to take your organization to the next level, visit kblimpactpartners.com to schedule your complimentary consultation. Ignite your impact, amplify your vision, and elevate your mission to lead the social movement. This is Voices of Impact with KBL Impact Partners, where your mission fuels our dedication to social impact. Until next time, let's continue to be the inspiring voice of change in our communities and beyond.